Welcome to The Responsible Podcast. Your host, Stanley J. Targos III, is the founder of The Responsible Brand and The Responsible Network. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Stanley J. Targos III, and I am the host of The Responsible Podcast. Today, we have a great show, and it's about how do you mitigate the extremes of life for calmness. And most people don't think about there's extremes in life. Actually, it's extremes during the calendar year that we're going to focus on. We're not going to just focus on the five times in your lifetime when you're in the hospital, like birth or death or like broken arms or heart surgery or something like that. We're going to talk about during the year. What happens during the year that derails our plan? What happens during the year that happens during one week that we spend six months playing catch up from? What happens during the year that slows our momentum, that stops our ability to earn, that stops our ability to save, that stops our ability to enjoy life? What happens during the year that we need to take, that we don't want to take for granted, but what happens during the year that we need to make a big decision financially? And how do we mitigate those extremes so that we can have calmness. And I'll tell you that some of the obvious ones that people go through are year-end. End of the year, great opportunity to take your foot off the gas. I've been working hard for 11 months. I know I already had vacation time, but it's the end of the year, and I'm just going to take my foot off the gas from being disciplined, from working, the overtime. I'm going to take some time for myself. I'm going to sharpen the axe. I'm just going to relax a little bit. If I'm in sales, I'm not going to work as hard. If I'm a 1099, I'm not going to work as hard. If I'm a business owner, I'm not going to work as hard. I use the excuse that everyone's taking time off for vacations, for Christmas, for holidays, for that kind of stuff. It's cold out. It's warm out. I want to travel. I got all of this stuff going on. But year end is not the opportunity for us to take a break or to or to unintentionally slack. I mean, the end of the year is the time where we need to be consistent because that's the kind of planning, that's the kind of hiccup that if we're not being disciplined at the end of the year, we don't know how the year is going to start moving forward. So we want to finish strong so we can start strong. Now, if you're a regular person like myself, you've got uh, a regular job and, and they give you a week off for Christmas, that's cool. But your end of the year slack is different than the end of the year business owner slack. Your end of the year slack is, well, it's the end of the year and got our bonus and we can invest in the Roth or do an IRA or build the savings or emergency fund or we can take a vacation or buy more, spend more money on Christmas gifts. We're just coming through this storm and now we want to do something nice. And I agree, you should do something nice. But it shouldn't be such a big decision that it derails January. And how many people, we all hear stories in January, and we'll hear about it this year too. How many people wake up in January and think, did I need to spend $4,000 on Christmas gifts? No, you didn't. Did you want to? Sure. Did it feel good in the moment? Yes. But now you have to pay for it. Or January, you have the opportunity to go on a trip or visit someone or the car breaks or you get plowed in and 
you need to buy a snowblower and all this other stuff and you think I just used all my credit on Christmas gifts. Now I'm in a bind. So if we can mitigate that extreme of how much money we spend on the holidays for gifts and what we do with the last two weeks of the year and if we're home every day, we go out to eat every day and those are the kind of things that we're thinking about. But those are the things that creep up on us that end up derailing the first 90 days of the next year. How many times do we take our tax refund and spend it in December? Well, we'll get a tax refund and we'll just use the tax refund. And then you forget about it. You got to make payments in January. You go to get your taxes done. And then when you get your taxes done, the transmission goes and you got to use your tax refund for the transmission. You've double spent a bucket of money. And now you have to pay the price for it. But if we just went back through December and said in December, let's stick with our budget. Let's take the emotion out of all the nice things, all the good things, all the wants and desires that we want to do that make us feel good, that financially are not wise. And let's mitigate them. Maybe we only go 10% over the budget instead of doubling the budget. Seems easy to say when you look back on it, doesn't it make sense to do? But when we're living in it, man, is it hard. It's a challenge. It's not the easiest thing to do. It's not the most fun thing to do. But it should be part of what we're building and establishing in our lives so that we can enjoy that next 30, 60, 90 days. Well, because I spent so much money on, 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 on gifts during December and I got my bonus and I put all that extra money into my Roth IRA and then I tied up more money and put it into my 401k and I got my bonus and I took 50% of it and took me up to the, the max in the 401k. Now I don't have money to go on vacation. I don't have money for the HSA. I don't have money for this or for that or the other. That's mitigating the extremes. How do we mitigate those extremes for calmness? Because that's what we really want. Your responsible brand person can come in and say, listen, you don't need to do all of that. Or here's what your wiggle room is. Here's what your budget can be. And here's what your extreme budget can be. At least then you have someone who's not emotional, who's looking at it, giving you honest feedback based on what's right for you and your family instead of making a knee-jerk decision based on what you think you need to do. Most of the time, it's not a matter of life or death. If you're in that situation where someone's dying and it's their last Christmas, their last Hanukkah, their last birthday, yeah, go all out. Absolutely. Pay for it over six months. No worries. But that's not the case every year. Same thing happens during summertime or at the end of at the end of winter. We're so burdened with the gloominess, the dreariness, and the unhealthiness of not having any vitamin D that we say, we need to take a vacation. We need to take a trip. And we're so we earned it. We lived through winter time and, and we didn't go all out during Christmas time. And now we're gonna take a trip. And instead of getting in the car and driving and and doing something for a couple of days, you decide you're gonna fly to Mexico or to an island and spend five days because you deserve it. You're going to use your tax refund when it comes in, not realizing that you already spent your tax refund on Christmas gifts and your car also has a plan for your tax refund. You go do that and get there in April during spring break and the kids are there and, and you do all the excursions and you max out the credit card and you come home and you, you got some vitamin D and a great tan. But now you have that bill that's due because 
you deserve a vacation. But it didn't have to be that grand. And I'm not telling you to skimp on life. But that's an extreme that can happen every year. That's not like your only grandchild is getting married and you and they decide to do a destination wedding. That's not an extreme. That's something you need to be at. But we justify extremes all the time. And then we figure out, well, we'll just figure out how we're going to pay for it. I'm going to get a raise. I'm going to sell more. I'm going to get a bonus. I'm going to get a tax refund. And now we're the auctioneer with our future money. The problem with spending future money is you don't have it yet. And then the anxiety and the stress of how you pay for it ruins that next season of your year. Next thing are those seasonal purchases. How do we mitigate the extremes for seasonal purchases? And you know what's funny is my wife and I have just gone through this. We've, we got plowed three times back to back to back. We just paid off my car and I was so excited. I'm like, how awesome is this? We don't have a car payment. For the first time in five years, we don't have a car payment on one of our cars. I'm like, this is fantastic. Drive this car till it dies. 243,000 miles driving this car. Love that car. No payment. I got to put brakes on it. Not a big deal. I'm saving the payment, right? Then in April, our, our bed goes. And in the midst of this pandemic and everything, trying to buy a bed is like pulling teeth. I remember buying a bed and thinking, man, $1,000 is a lot of money. I went and looked and found that you can't buy a good bed for under two or $3,000. And the really good ones are five or six grand. We haven't bought a bed in 12 years and we're in that extreme. We're making that decision. And we're thinking, well, we qualify for $6,500 through the local store, zero interest for five years or six years or whatever. We'll, we'll do that, zero interest, that's a no brainer. We came in thinking we were going to spend two grand. We walk out thinking we're going to spend six grand. We slept on it. We're learning that we need to have someone else breathe life into us. And I go talk to the guys at the office. They're like, Stan, come on. What would you tell your clients? I'd be like, man, I tell the people I care about, don't spend six, spend 2,500 or 3,000. Don't spend six. Well, we ended up getting a bed and we wanted to get a frame and you couldn't buy a regular frame. You had to buy an electric frame and all the regular frames were sold out and the low end electric frame was sold out and was on hold for six weeks or two months. We need a frame. We got to spend extra money on the frame and we don't care if it has a massage factor. We're never going to use the massage feature on that frame. It just makes noise. The kids thinks it's funny, but it just makes noise. It's not something we want. We wouldn't pay for it, but we got to do it. So we ended up spending $2,500 or $3,000, whatever it is. Got it, got it there, we have it, and making payments on it, doubling up the payments because we want to make sure we get it done in 36 months. We're not going to waste that opportunity of free interest because we paid it off in 37 months. We mitigated that. We could have done six grand, doubled our payment, and stressed ourselves out, but here's what happened. A month and a half later, the water softener goes. And we're looking at that thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not mechanical. I don't know how to fix stuff. I'm not that way. I can talk. And some of you would say you really can't even talk. And I might agree with you. God's given me certain gifts and I'm learning what they are. As are you. So we look and it's like 3,200, 4,200. We have three people come out to the house and from 
2,800 up to 10 grand almost is what they want to charge us. And then you need to have this water filter and this water filter and the filter system you have is out of date. You need a new one and you got to have this and that. And we're thinking, man, this is not in our budget. This is an extreme. How do we mitigate this? And then we look online and someone said, well, what if you, what if you did it yourself? I'm like, I'm not capable of doing that myself. Come on. And I looked and we looked and for 800 bucks, we bought one from Home Depot and I installed it myself. It took an hour and it's done right. And it was easy. And we saved about 2000 to $4,000 because we would have bought it and financed it over three years, 0% for them. We'd had now two financial things going on. And we're just not happy about, but we didn't go extreme on either. And in the past we would have and justified it. A month later, my trans, I feel like my trans is starting to go on my car and I don't want to spend $4,500 on a trans on a car that's got 243,000 miles on it. We're looking at cars. And you know, at the end of this pandemic, you can't buy a used car. Used cars that have 120,000 miles are going for 35 grand. I'm thinking that is not going to happen. Come on. Like, God, what are you doing to me? We're looking at, we say, all right, let's put a budget. Let's, I want to, I don't want to spend more than 25 or 30,000. And people are like laughing at me. Come on, Stan, you're not going to get a car. So we look and I need a car that can house five that we can travel in. I want a Tahoe size. I want a, a Yukon. I want a Denali. I want a Cadillac. I mean, I'm looking at all this stuff and they're all 40, 50, 60, 80,000 brand new. Lease a car for 650 a month with six grand down. We end up going and finding a nice used car with 21,000 miles on it, a little smaller than I want for 24,000 or 23,000, get a couple grand for my car on the trading, got a payment of a couple hundred bucks a month for a few years, manageable, mitigating the extremes. In the past, I would have gone high on all three of those things and I would be waking up at the first of every month struggling to figure out how I'm going to come up with an extra $1,000 a month to pay for the stuff that I didn't really need because I didn't know how to mitigate those extremes. And what we recognize is there's very few people out there who are talking to families on how they can handle the extremes. And the responsible brand recognizes that the extremes are going to happen. And we want to be there to walk with you. We want to be there to be the sounding board, to give you good suggestions. We want to show you how to make the right decisions based on facts, not fear, so you can be confident and secure moving forward. We want to help you make the best decisions today that have the least impact on the next phase of life financially. So if I'm always in a season of extremes, then we got a wedding coming up to Cancun and we six, eight, twelve thousand dollars should we go? Should we stay an extra week? We're only gonna do this once. This is only once. Well come on. We're not we're not gonna never go to Cancun again. And is that the dream trip that we really want to go all in on or, or should it be Australia or or Europe or something else? Which is travel is the next thing. Going to Disney. We did that. And we did go all out. That was seven years ago. And it took us a little bit of time to pay it off. And then life happened with my business and life happened with the pandemic and all of that stuff. And, and I learned we went all out, but we didn't go all out to the extreme. 
It was more than we wanted to spend, but the kids were only one, four, and five, and it was perfect. But we didn't need to go every year. Right? Now we're at a different phase in life. And I'm thinking, how often are the kids going to be 13, 12, and 8? They're going to love Cancun. They're going to love swimming with the dolphins. They're going to love seeing a, a, a manta ray or whatever they're called swimming in the ocean, the blue ocean and the all-inclusive. My son's so excited because he thinks he can order milkshakes at 2 a.m. And that's just the highlight of the trip, right? Eat whatever you want. But we're not staying for 10 days. We're staying for four or five days. Not because we want to be frugal on our enjoyment, but what do we want? What do we need? What's important to us? How do we take the emotion out of it? How do we participate and celebrate life with our friends and the, and the people that are going to get married and still be true to our plans? How do we mitigate that extreme? That's not going to happen every year. And God really blessed us with the ability to go on that. He answered our prayer in a way that none of us saw coming. And if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be going. So it's being comfortable saying yes or no. And that was one of the wisest things that one of my friends said. He said, Stan, pray that God provides a path or takes the desire off your heart. And how many times do I forget to do that and I make a bad decision? But I can mitigate the, mitigate the extremes by... By praying, by leveraging my team, by using the responsible strategy, by seeing the ripple effect or the impact. Life events is another one. Weddings. I talk to so many young people who are getting married and they feel like they go the extreme. They're like, Stan, I'm not even going to buy a wedding ring. Like, I'm not going to get married and go into debt and I'm not going to let anyone celebrate with us. We're going to do it on Zoom and we're going to send out a picture and, and we're going to get hostess cupcakes and we're not even going to buy a real cake because we want to save the money. And I look at him and I say, listen, this is your life event. What do you want? If you want to do it that way, that's one thing. If you're settling for it that way because you don't think you can afford it, let's talk about it. Well, Stan, we're paying off our college debt. We want to buy a house. We need a car. We got this wedding. We got a budget. We got to live with it. I say, listen, let's break it down and let's mitigate the extremes. You actually have the ability to spend up to $12,000 more than you're sitting on without derailing your big picture. Well, Stan, how is that true? And I run the math and I say, taking this $12,000 to pay for this wedding on a credit card only adds Nine months to your get-out-of-debt strategy on your student loans. Oh, I thought it was going to mean I was going to be in debt for 15 years. And the fear of not knowing makes us make decisions that we regret. But I can mitigate that risk. I can tell them what their limit is. Look, 15 grand is too much. Eight grand might be too little, but your sweet spot's 10 to 12 grand. You can be comfortable doing that. And I haven't even taken all the gift money that you're going to get at your wedding to pay down that debt. Add that in the equation and you're now above and beyond what you really need. But let's mitigate it. The other extreme is we're only going to get married once. Let's do 30,000. And then you wake up 15 years later divorced because of the financial pain that that caused. And if you're a parent, the wedding is different. You budget 10 grand. Well, this last year, the cost of everything almost doubled thanks to inflation. We're not going to get into who owns the blame for that. It's just there. So should you do 20,000? Not really. But maybe you go from 10 to 13 or 10 to 15 and, and you make that available knowing that it's going to have an impact, but it's not going to ruin your life. 
What if it's your grandkids and you want to give them more? They get married too. They have grand, your great grandkids. You want to buy them all the fancy stuff that you never had. You want to do all the things for your grandkids that you weren't able to do for your kids. Well, is it, how many grandkids do you have? Are you going to commit to doing it for all of them or just one? What's the cost? Let's talk about it. Let's do something nice, but what you do doesn't have to be a Kennedy or a Rockefeller kind of nice. Maybe it can be the nicest thing that you can do so you feel good about it. It's more than what you would have done, but it doesn't derail your big picture. How do you mitigate that extreme? And when his grandkids, it's emotional. Oh my goodness. I got to hold a... Man, my brother had a, a beautiful little baby. I got to hold this baby. I'm thinking, man, what I wouldn't do for this kid and for my brother. But I got three kids too. And that's the balance. How do I mitigate those extremes so that I can be calm? I want to be steady Eddie. I want to know that I'm doing my best. And I want to do it for the right reasons. What about philanthropy? I want to give. I want to give to the church. The church has got a new building project. And they're asking everyone to give between five dollars and $50,000 and commit to it above the tithe. And I want to do it. I really think I can afford five or ten, but but man, it would feel really good to do twenty. Let's just sign up for twenty and hope it works out. No, don't. Mitigate that extreme. Do what you can do. And if you have the ability to do more, do more out of the generosity of your heart, not because you committed to it without being prepared. And I've seen so many people sign up to give and then have to go back to the church, charity, high school and say, I just can't do it. I, I got in over my head. Well, the charity doesn't want you to get in over your head and be broke because you gave above your means. They want you to mitigate that extreme too. Their job is to make, to tug on your heartstrings and give you a desire. Your job is to show up in a responsible fashion and say, here's what I can responsibly afford to help out with above and beyond my tithe. No one wants to go bankrupt because you gave more than you could afford to give. That's not being a good steward of the gifts you've been given. That's not being responsible. What about updating your house? I, I see people say, man, this is the last time I'm going to update my house. And I'm thinking, didn't you say that the last time you updated your house? <laughs> and we laugh about it. So last time I'm going to update my house, I, I, I don't need, I'm going to do 60000 instead of 30000 Okay. One, what's your real budget? How long are you planning on living there? Is it space enough to house what you need long term? Are you going to need to move if you can't go up and down stairs? Is it really your last house? Do you have enough money to survive on for your income long term? If you're younger, do you have enough equity to pull from the house to pay for it? Can you afford the payment? Have you been getting steady increases in your income? And does your steady increases warrant financing a payment over 10 years because you're not going to pay 60 grand cash as a 45 or 50 year old unless you're making three four five hundred thousand a year but if you're the average american you're not doing that you're pulling equity out of the home to pay for it well 
Look at those projects. They're extremes. They're not happening every day. Do you need to do your kitchen, your bathroom, your garage, your landscaping, your roof, your addition, your sunroom at the same time, or can you do a piecemeal? Well, let's just get it done and do it all at once because I'm impatient and I don't want to do it in, in phases. Well, that's an extreme that can be managed and mitigated. Do you need to have all the top of the line? Granite? Marble? Quartz? Materials? Can you repaint the cabinets and get the quartz countertop and the backsplash? Is that more important? Do you need to have the $17,000 stove or is the $4,000 stove going to suffice? Do you need the fridge that talks to you or do you just need the ones that keeps everything cold? How do you mitigate those extremes? Like, I, I agree. I was talking to someone. They spent all this money on everything else, and the one thing he wanted was like 10 or 12 grand. I'm like, that's not an extreme. That You just got this place. You can spend the 10 to 12 grand. You can afford it. It's not taking you out of the loop of doing everything else you want to do. You're just over budget a little bit. That's different. Do it. Everything's not a scale back to limit enjoyment, but this gives us permission to make decisions on the extremes and decide what's really extreme that we need to invest in and what's not. Because so many people have opinions on how I should spend my money, but they don't wake up the next day, the next month, the next year paying for it. Everyone's got an opinion, but they don't own the responsibility of paying for it. So when we think about mitigating the extremes for calmness, it really starts with having a budget. What's my budget to go out to eat every month? What's my budget for vacations on an annual basis? What's my budget for my kid's college that I can afford in cash? What's my budget for how much I'm willing to absorb in debt per kid for college? I ask people that question all the time. How much can you pledge per month? And what's your threshold for debt? in your name to help your kids get through college. And people think, what are you talking about? Well, by the time your last kid graduates, if you got 80 or $110,000 in parent loans, is that gonna stress you out? And I met with, I met with blank stares, but I tell them that's what you can expect. If you think you're gonna cash flow college, that's an extreme that you haven't mitigated. Very few people can cash flow college without throwing the rest of their life out of balance. And I love the sign that says poverty planning. Takes no time, takes no effort, results guaranteed. And poverty planning sometimes is created by not mitigating the extremes and then having a life event happen and compound it. Spend 60000 to pay cash for your updates in your kitchen and then you lose your job. Now you can't afford to refinance the house, live, make the payments, you got to move. But if you had that 60000 sitting in the bank, you could survive for six months or a year. You could get a part-time job and survive for 18 months. How do you mitigate those extremes? And it's about being in control. It's about cash flow management. 
It's about sticking to the GPS, your guaranteed predictable solution. It's also a guaranteed practical solution. It's meant to help you manage life on life's terms without being owned by the circumstance. We don't need to have a, a fear-driven or a mindset that's poverty-stricken or limited or broke mentality. We can have an income and live within that income and still manage the extremes with grace. And it comes with a game plan and a strategy and understanding what they are. And we've talked about a bunch of them today. You're going to go through a bunch more. I mean, the extreme of someone's health and on a life or death situation is not something we want to mitigate. Now, the extreme on a pet is different. You want to spend 10 to 12 grand on a pet for cancer? Maybe. Do you want to do it three times in the next two years? Maybe not. I'm not here to make that decision for you, but that's something that many people will get emotional over. And I get it. That's why I'm not here to make decisions for you. I'm here to give you enough information so you can make an educated decision on what's right for you and your family. So you can make decisions based on facts, not fear. So you can feel confident and content with what you're doing moving forward so that you can change the, traje the trajectory of your life and keep it on the path that you want. You see, most people wake up 30 years after they start this process and they look at all the things they didn't mitigate. And they wonder why they feel broke, overwhelmed, and underprepared. When they look back, they think, you know what? The difference between quartz and, and granite 10 years apart wasn't that an extreme. Wasn't that big of an extreme. That should have been a nothing burger. But instead, I treated it like it was everything. I didn't need to do six trips to Cancun in two years because they were all necessary. I didn't need to buy a new car every four years. I could have drove them for six years and been just as happy and saved $60,000 in purchase price over a 30-year period, which has a $180,000 impact on my retirement. That's the impact of mitigating risk. Mitigating risk over your lifetime increases your lifestyle in retirement. But people don't think about that. No one talks about that. No one's bold enough to have that conversation, or very few people are bold enough to have that conversation. But at the responsible brand, that's what we lead with. Let's talk about the things no one else wants to talk about so you can avoid the issues everyone else is dealing with. That's the difference. We're going to talk about it in a respectful, professional, courteous way. And when you make a decision, we're going to support it even if it's not the decision I would make. You see, the value of asking you what your values, your goals, and your priorities are, are so I don't have to impose my values on your family. I can be comfortable knowing that we talked about what's important to you and always making you and your family the center of the solution and the decision-making process. That's the beauty of it. The responsible brand loves you and cares about you enough to have a truthful, honest discussion, even if it's uncomfortable, to start so that we can have a comfortable ending. And a strategy that meets your needs. 
because I know the decisions you're making today need to allow for enjoyment today, but they're really based around your lifestyle when you retire. That's what we love, looking at it and helping you navigate life. And if we can help you mitigate the extremes for calmness, you walk away winning, you're content, you're leveraging your team, you're living your best life, you're using the skills, talents, and resources God gave you to the best of your ability in a responsible way. And I hope that this information has been a benefit to you and your family. The Responsible Brand wants to help grow the understanding of how money works. Please, if this has been valuable, share this with others. Reach out to your responsible team and leverage them. I hope you have a great day and God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. For new and relevant information just like this, follow us wherever you get your podcasts and interact with the responsible community on all social media platforms. We'll see you soon.